All right, y'all good? All righty. Uh, let me ask a question. Raise your hand. Anybody here who is involved in any kind of leadership in any area of your life, work, church, your ministry, raise your hand. So that's good. Yeah. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about leadership. This will be my first ever message in here on leadership. I taught some classes on leadership, but I need to go back and do them over. <laughs> so if you took the class, this is do-over. But uh, I want to tell you, th- before I start, I want to tell you three things the Lord's revealed to me about our church. Two of them He revealed to me in a dream, and the other He uh, revealed to me uh, just in on a pretty intense experience I went through. But one was, he had this dream, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you have a high calling, speaking about our church, and the high calling is healing. That's what he said to me. He said, when you pray for people in the church for healing, that's a high calling to pray for the, pray for the sick to be healed. Then, and then he said, but there's a higher calling. And he said, it's when you invite the community to come into the church to be prayed for. And then he said to me, but there's another one that's even higher than that, and it's when you go out and in your life and you pray for the sick and you, as you go through your life. That's, the Lord said that's the highest. And I wish I had my picture of Becky when we were at the beach last week in the pool praying for a lady while they were swimming. She started talking to her, and the lady started sharing her story, and it was and Becky prayed for her right there in the pool, and uh, Philip took, I think Philip took a picture of her praying for the lady. So that's really all of us can do. All three of those things, anytime, you know, we can all pray for the sick when we come into the church. Uh, you can come on when we do the healing rooms on Thursday night and pray for the sick, or everybody can go in your life because there are sick people everywhere we go that need a touch from the Lord. So we have a real call on the church for healing. Uh, another one, he uh, gave me another dream, uh, and it was about a leadership. And he sh- he spoke to me and said, He's offering mantles of leadership in this hour for, in the body of Christ. And he showed me people in the church, in this church, who have leadership callings on their life. And, he sh- and these are people who, some of these people are, are what you would call the most unlikely people. But I could see into them, into these people, inside of them, and I saw like these big goose eggs in them. And it was like the seed of leadership that God had planted in their life, that had, God had put there in their life, and had ordained for their life, and he was protecting. He wanted to bring forth, at a you know, in this hour, uh, because God's looking for leaders right now. And uh, so that's really something that God really wants to release is leadership. Uh, let me get back to that because that's what I'm going to talk about. But the other one was worship, and you know that uh, that God, you know, worship is really something uh, that I found out some new revelation on worship, uh, and this is the new revelation that when you get down to, to absolute, where you have no reason to worship God, that is the greatest moment of worship you will ever have in your life. In fact, the Lord showed me, I, I saw this vision, and here was the vision. This person, which it happened to me in that vision, I was at the lowest point I'd ever been in my life. Uh, and, I was, and, I, and all I could do was, wor- that was the, I had to make a decision in my heart about worship at that moment. I had to make it, am I going to worship the Lord? So I began to worship the Lord. And when I did this stream of smoke, I saw it go into heaven. And I saw like all of the angels in heaven, they just sort of separated as that smoke came and they created a quarter. And it went right to the Father. And I saw the Father on the throne stand up and receive that worship. 
And I realized, and I had the sense was this, was there was no demon in hell would dare even touch that. I mean, it wouldn't even come near it. The angels wouldn't even. It was such an a honor thing in heaven. It's our worship. Um, and, you know, nobody wants to be at the bottom. I don't. I mean, who wants to be at the bottom? You can't live there, really. You'll die at the bottom if you stay. But God occasionally brings you to the bottom and lets you experience a bottom experience in your life. And that's really what... If we can really worship there, there's something that gets released into the atmosphere that's powerful. And God responds to, to worship. Now, another thing that I've seen about worship, I'll just go ahead and tell you this, is a lot of our worship is tainted. Okay? It really is. A lot of what worship the Christians do has got some, some flesh in it. And uh, there is, you know, flesh can't go into the throne room. But what happens with that worship is it gets filtered before it gets to heaven, before it gets to God. He cleans it up for us. He receives that worship still. He just gets the other stuff off of it that needs to be off of it. So I want to encourage you. The point is, is this, no matter what situation you find yourself in, you know, always worship the Lord. Even if your motives are not 100% right in it, it's still going to get to the Father. He's just going to have to, you know, doctor it up a little bit. So take the bad off of it. Amen. But there's a lot more on that worship thing. I'm telling you, it's, it's something powerful, really, that God's going to release. You know, but I'm not going to get into that. I could, but I'm not going to, because I want to talk about this leadership thing, because the mantle. If you're a leader today in something, God wants to increase it. If you're not, God wants you to be a leader. I want to read Luke 24:45. I'm excited about this message. I didn't think I was that excited about it until I started saying it. Actually, I'm very excited about it. Uh, it says Luke 20, 40, 24, 45, Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Everybody say, he opened their minds. He opened their minds to understand these Scriptures, which I believe is the highest level of understanding that we could ever get. It's when God really reveals the Word, the Scriptures to us, okay? Uh, and, and that's something that God's doing right now, actually. I'll just throw that out to you. There's a lot of revelation available about the Scriptures now that's that's in the spirit realm that we can access now, if you want it. Okay? If you really want it, it's there. There's new understandings of the Word. There's a greater understanding of the Word of God. However, I want to say this. If God can do it with the Word of God, He can do it with lesser things. Uh, like, for instance, mathematics. Mathematics is a lesser thing than the Scripture. But God is, uh, is interested in opening people's minds up to understand math. That I read recently where a young person, I forgot how old this kid was, who solved this equation that nobody could solve, that they had been trying for years to solve. And this, this boy solved it. This young boy solved it. But, but what it is is there, God is interested in releasing. There's things in heaven that are stored up there in heaven that are meant for mankind, okay? Meant to help human beings. And I'm going to tell you, you can go back through history, and every... Invention or every breakthrough, every medical breakthrough or just a practical invention of anything, no matter what it was and no matter who did it, it came from heaven if it helped man. Okay? God will use unsaved people to release benefits to human beings. And He's done it over and over and over. A great example is Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was not a Christian. Now, some people claim he became a Christian. I don't know. I hope he did. I mean, he did say at one point there has to be a God for all this to be working. I mean, he did come to that conclusion at least. But Albert Einstein was not always a genius. 
In fact, when he was in, 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 in studying in the college level, his professors all said he was not an exceptional student. At best, he was, a, he was an average good student. But he wasn't a genius student. But Albert Einstein found out something. He tapped into a spiritual principle that most Christians don't tap into. And that spiritual principle is what developed his intellect. Okay, and this is what Albert Einstein did. Albert Einstein had an inclination. He had a fascination with space. Okay, and he would study space. Okay, and what he would do, I'm not sure exactly how he discovered this, this but, but basically he, he practiced a form of soaking, like what we do. If you're not doing that, you should do it. He practiced a form of soaking in the presence of the Lord. He just didn't, wouldn't call it that, and he didn't know he was soaking in the presence of the Lord. But what he would do is he would get in a chair, and he'd take a, a marble or a rock or something and hold them in his hands like this. Okay, and sit in this chair and lean back and begin to imagine space. He imagined himself riding on a comet through space. And he would just meditate on that. And the longer he would sit there still meditating, the quieter he got, the stiller he got. And guess what would happen to him? He would start to doze off into, into the sleep world. And as he would doze off, of course, you know, when you, when you begin to go to sleep, your body relaxes. And guess what happened? His hands would open, the rocks would fall, and wake him up, and he would immediately try to remember what he was seeing in that in-between state, between sleep and awake. Has anybody ever been in that in-between state? And you see things. That's where a lot of revelation comes. What, is, what he was doing, he, his, he was tapping into the spiritual realm there, in that in-between state. And that is actually what developed his intellect. That's why his intellect, his intellect grew because Albert Einstein was tapping in to the, to the heavenly realm, to the spiritual realm. A lot of people don't know this, but Bob Jones is a certified genius, IQ-wise. You wouldn't know it by talking to him. But when Bob Jones was a young man, I mean, he talked sort of country. He's from Arkansas. So we cut in. When, he, when he was a young man growing up, he struggled in, in school. He was almost failing out of school. But when he was 15 years old, he went to heaven. Okay? He, he literally went into his body, went to heaven, and visited the Lord. And when he came back, he, be, he was different. His intellect had changed, and he became very smart in school. And he did well in school. And then later he joined the Marines, and that's where they tested him and found out that he... That's why if you ever talk to him about something, he can tell you 97 scriptures about what you're saying. You know, you can talk to him like, I had a dream and, you know, just, you know, blah, blah. And he'll say, oh, yeah, that's Psalm 37, verse 3. You know, thinking, how'd you know that? I mean, just, you know, he can just randomly pull stuff like this because he just, he's, his intellect has been developed because he's been in the presence of God. Uh, many of you know William Bellamy Sr. He comes to our first service. He was telling me when he was in the ninth grade, he was failing in school. And had always been failing. And he was on literally about to fail out of school. He got saved. He had a visitation from the presence of the Lord. And he became an honor student for the next three, for 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. His intellect was affected. He knew that God had done something to, to cause his intelligence to change. Because he had this visitation from the Lord. So, you know, the reason I'm, I'm saying that, I'm talking about our ability to be leaders, leadership. And, and that's really what it's going to take. It's going to take, for us to be leaders in this world, it's going to take some intelligence that we don't presently have. And so um, one of the people in the Bible that I think was a great, that was obviously a great leader, was King David. 
Okay, now King David started out, he was just a little shepherd boy guy who liked music, which, by the way, that's a hint, hint. If you want to, that's another way to delve into the spirit world is through not, not rap music or rock music, but, you know, there's some classic music and stuff that can really stimulate your, your mind, but that's another story. Um, but what King David did, King David had these two defining moments, at least two. He had two defining moments in his life, okay? And King David had two things working for him, okay? Number one, he, was, he had a tremendous amount of courage. I mean, it's going to take some courage to go face off with this nine-foot guy that nobody else, all the trained guys were like scared to death off, quaking in their boots off. It's going to take something. You're going to have to have something on board in here called courage if you are going to go face something like that. Nobody in their right mind is going to go jump and run at a guy like that with a sling, slingshot. Okay, it's because King David had this, this courageous what? Everybody say that. Courageous what? Heart. Because in the heart is where courage resides. So he had this courage thing. Uh, then later in life he had this incident that happened in, called Ziklag where he, he demonstrated wisdom beyond measure. And the decision-making he made in that critical moment of his life, okay, is, is he demonstrated wisdom that was not, not human wisdom and what the decisions he made, and he handled a, a, a crisis situation that was unprecedented, really. Uh, so that was, that's the two things. And I wanted to, to, to tell, ask you, you know, how a person can go from being a shepherd boy Tending sheep, the lowest level person in the family, to go into being one of the greatest kings, the most prosperous kings of his era, and possibly of you know of 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 history, and it not destroy him. How could, you know? How could he handle the blessings and the benefit and all the things that he suddenly stepped into? Because you see, here's what our problem is: we can't handle a lot of stuff. Okay, we cannot handle. And that's one reason we don't have a lot of stuff, because we're, we're, we are not equipped to receive it. And God is not going to destroy our lives. There's been studies, and I haven't personally re- researched these studies, on people who win the lotteries. Okay, just an old poor guy on the way to work one morning stops at the BB station, buys a lottery ticket, and within a week he's worth $50 million. Okay, everybody would like to get that, Right. I mean, you know, come on, I would. You know, buy me a lottery ticket and hopefully I get the $50 million. But they say within one year, I don't know, or, or longer, I'm not sure what the, the time frame is, most of those people's lives are destroyed. Why? Why? Because they did not have the capacity within themselves to handle that, the finances. They lack something, okay? They lack something. And I'm going to tell you something. Let's just be honest with you. Maybe one of the reasons many of us don't have what we think we want and would like the blessings that we have because we're lacking something. There needs to be something done to us to equip us to receive the things that God has for us. And how would you like to get some, some of that? Well, if money's a good thing to get. I've asked the Lord, Lord, why am I so day on? You know, I mean, I think, I believe, I mean, I'm practicing. I'm a practicing giver. I give money away. I give a lot of money away. I mean, so to me, giving's not a big deal. I'm not like one of these people who you talk about tithing, they get all oh, no, you know, all that stuff. I just think, hey, give, you know, give the money, you know, whether it's ten percent or fifty percent or whatever. Why ain't I'm rich, Lord? Because I would probably do. I believe I would. I'm in my heart convinced I would 
do the same thing. I think, I don't know if you've ever asked the Lord that question, but I've asked him that. Uh, and I think he spoke to me and told me, it's because I don't have the wisdom to handle money like it takes. And if you just get it, you're going to either mess you up or you'd lose it all anyway. It'd be all wasted, so there's no use in giving it to you. you. Give it to somebody who has wisdom and knows how to release it and use it. And don't hurt them. Don't hurt people they give it to. See, I've seen people give other people money where they should have never done it. You know, there's a thing called unsanctified mercy. Do you all know that? Why aren't we giving that person money? Because God ain't giving it to them. And if you give it to them, it's just going to hurt them and prolong their situation. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be hard to get along with. I'm just telling you. Anyway, 1 Samuel 16, 13. What I'm talking to you about is wisdom, okay? And I want to tell you, I want to show you this one thing about David. It says, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel left. So what happened was the Lord came on on Samuel, on, on David, and from that day forward the shepherd boy became an architect. He became one of the greatest uh, uh, generals in Israel's history. He built cities. He built ha- designed houses. He designed one of the greatest uh, 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 temples, Solomon's temple, one of the greatest temples that has ever been built. He designed that. David, King David, think about How did that shepherd boy suddenly become so great that he could do all this stuff? He didn't get to build it. A lot of people use that against him because... He says he was a bloody man. No, God wasn't saying that was against him. He was just saying, that ain't what I've called you to do. I didn't give you the construction thing, but I did give you the design thing. Okay, and he designed worship that was incredible and, and, and released something. How did this man, how did this boy, how did this guy who was just a regular guy get that? Well, when the Spirit, when he was anointed, God released wisdom into him. Okay, and that's what made David. So, first of all, the, the duh statement here is if we're going to really uh, really come into a leadership thing, if we're going to really come into to really impact in this world, we need, the, we need the Holy Ghost. We really do. We need God to come on us. The churches need to become Holy Ghost places. The churches need to become people where the Holy Spirit is important in the church. And so we really got to get the, the Holy we got to get the Holy Spirit to come on us and anoint us and submerge us into His Spirit over and over and over. And then in that, it's going to make a change in us. It's going to do something in us. It's going to help change our lives where we can begin. See, people are stupid. They, they reject things that look stupid, but that's the very thing that can bring us into the, everything that God has for us. Are you all following me? So uh, <clears throat> that's why David... That's why it didn't destroy David. He had this anointing on him. God touched him. All this prosperity, all this blessing, all this ability didn't destroy the shepherd boy. And and that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to release something. The Bible says, by wisdom, Proverbs 24, 3, by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it's established. By wisdom a house is built and by understanding it's established. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, I think a lot of our lack and a lot of our failure is because of lack of wisdom. Okay, it's just a slam. Let's just get real. It's a lack of wisdom. We're not using the wisdom that we could have. Maybe we don't have it. So that was the question I asked God. All right, here was my thing. Okay, I had this question for God. Number one, Lord, I believe you want to increase our intelligence. 
Okay? I believe you want us to be more intelligent people. And I know there's got to be a biblical way. There's got to be something in the Bible that will show me how to become more intelligent. I don't know about you, but I need more intelligence. Anybody need more intelligence? How many people have faced some situation where they didn't feel like they had the smarts to deal with it? And you get in those situations and you realize, I'm lacking something that I desperately need right now. I don't know what to do. I need to know something. And it's just a bunch of baloney to think that God wants us to walk through life and be a bunch of idiots about stuff and we're just going to uh, get the download at that moment. That is really not it. We need to get the download now. And when we walk into those situations, we got what we need. So that was one of the things. The other thing was about the healings of the mind. Okay? That's really something that really God's put in my, my life and my heart is to really understand the human mind, <clears throat> the, the physical mind, and how to help a person with their mind how to help a person deal with their mind, how to help a person deal with strongholds. But more important is I have seen people with mental problems that really, it really bothers me that people have mental problems that you pray for them and they don't get healed. And we've seen some measure of that with different people we've prayed for. But God is really interested in doing away with mental disease, mental illness. He's, he's interested in deal, doing away with Alzheimer's disease. Because think about this for a minute. Think about an older, older man, older woman. We're going to just say a Christian uh, older couple that have lived the Christian life and raised children and have seen many things and that are afflicted with this disease where they don't even recognize their own family. And what wisdom we are losing by losing those people. It's a tragedy, really. It's a, it's a tragedy in God's heart when God looks at those people and there's not people on this earth not enough of people in this earth that can deal with that. He's interested. Another thing that really bothers me is kids that have learning disabilities. <clears throat> and they're being loaded up with drugs. You know, attention and deficit disorder. Because that's, that's man's answer for it. I'm not saying that's a, a evil or wrong, but I'm just saying that's how man deals with it. Is give them, give them medication, which alters their personality. It doesn't really, it doesn't cure them. It doesn't heal them. It just alters their personality and makes them where they can sit in the classroom and be dealt with. God is not, that's really not, that's not the heart of the Father. The Father's looking at those kids and saying, I want those kids healed. I want their brains fixed. And I'm looking for the body of Christ to come into a place where that are, those are the kind of things that we could have breakthrough. Maybe we would, maybe somebody in this room would have an anointing and an inclination towards the medical field and would discover something medically that would fix it. That's good enough. Okay? Or maybe somebody would get this anointing from having to pray for him and it would just be done supernaturally. Either way, God's interested in doing those kinds of things. Are y'all following what I'm saying to you? So, um, I was asking the Lord about those kinds of things. Because with David, it just says he got anointed and all of a sudden he started doing all this stuff. You know, he beating people up and fighting wars and winning, winning all these battles and knowing exactly how to do it putting together a leadership team of people that were a bunch of idiots, that were bad people, and he put them together, and they turned out to be some of the greatest people. How was he doing that, Lord? What was the secret? And, but the Bible doesn't give us a secret with David. It doesn't tell us the detail, but it does with Solomon. And in fact, the Bible says Solomon was the wisest person of all. Even, he was even wiser than his dad. But it gives, it gives us these insights about that. And I want to read the first Kings. Are y'all interested in this? If you're dumb this morning, you should be interested. 
Because I'm telling you, would you like to be smarter? God is interested in you being a smarter person in every area of your life. How many in this room in business or in employment would love to get some information from heaven on how to do that business? Get some information in heaven. Hey, this is how you educate people. Or this is how to be educated. You know, I mean, this, this, it can happen. And the Bible says this, In God, 1 Kings 4, 29-30, God gave Solomon wisdom. So, you know, it's coming from the Lord. An exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. Now, this is, this is important. It didn't say that so- God gave Solomon intelligence. It said he gave him wisdom. Say, this is what we've done. This is how we do it. That's why I, don't really, I have a difficulty with the how-to stuff. You know, how to win friends and influence people. That's a book. How to make money. How to invest in the stock market. How to preach better. I mean, what happens? That's stupid or what? How to preach better. I'm telling you, you cannot read a book and learn how to preach better. Either you can or you can't. That's just the bottom line. I don't, I'm not got no more comments on that. Please hold your comments. I know you might want to tell me, go read that book, Byron. You need to change your mind and read the how-to book. You know, how to, how to do this, how to do that. I mean, that's, we've stuck on that. I'm not against how-to. I'm against how we approach how-to. Because what God wants to do is He wants to do for us what He did for Solomon. What we don't understand is, see, your brain that you have, that you're carrying around with you, when you die, your brain is going to stay in your body. That's where you're getting, right? It's going, it ain't going to heaven with you. Okay, but there, we, see, we don't realize that we have two minds. We have this mind up here, this physical mind that God uses to help us function and, and, and process what He's given us. But there's another mind. It's the mind of our heart. Okay? Our heart has a mind just like our brain has up here has a mind. Now, this is important because it said that it gives us a secret right here in this verse. And then I'll read another one that makes it even more clear. Here's how Solomon got the wisdom. It says he got largeness of heart. Okay? See, that's really where I was missing it on this thing. I kept going back to the mind. I kept going back to this mind up here trying to figure out how do you fix this mind. And I, I realized this ain't, this is, it's not going nowhere. I can't fix this mind. I'm, I'm something, I'm missing something. Lord, show me what I'm missing. And then Second Chronicles 9, 23. Let me read it to you to make it more clear. I think these are good, good verses. It says, all the kings of the earth were seeking the presence of Solomon. See, that's what's going to happen when wisdom gets downloaded. To hear his wisdom which God had put. Where? Where did God put wisdom? You think he put it here? He didn't put wisdom here. Wisdom is not in there. You will never find wisdom in that. You will find it here. It's right there. The Bible tells us. Do you want to be wise? Let me touch your heart. If you want wisdom, my your heart, let me enlarge your heart. If you'll let me do something to your heart, I can make you real wise. And guess what? When you get real wise, this up here is going to get intelligent. This up here is going to start figuring some stuff out. That's what he told me. Byron, you know what? You know why people, there's people, there's people right here that have really, they got something really going good for them. But the problem is their heart's hard. And because their heart's hard, their brain up here is not able to use what it's got. 
because your heart's going to affect your intelligence one way or the other. It's going to affect it. That's what it says. God is interested in touching people's hearts. That's where he puts wisdom at. He puts it, he drops it into your heart. There's a man, hey, y'all know who, uh, what's that guy's name? George Washington Carver. Now, he was a Christian. I don't know how many patents that he had that came out of one little peanut. You know why? Because he looked at that peanut and he said, there's secrets in this peanut. And I'm going to get these secrets out of this peanut. And he developed peanut butter. He, out of a peanut. He's the one who invented it. He invented all kinds of things that he got from a peanut. Now, he was a believer, and this is what he said. He said, God gave me the secrets to the peanut. He revealed the secrets to the, to the peanuts to me. He got this wisdom from heaven in his heart, and then he applied it. Now, here's, this is what's important here. This is how we've got to get this. Everybody has an inclination towards something. Okay? There's certain things that you're inclined to. And, and what you're inclined to may not be what I'm inclined to. Here's a really good example. A pastor, if a person is a real pastor, their, their inclination, their heart is going to be, they're going to be concerned about people's spiritual growth, how they're doing spiritually. When they look at a person, that's what they think about. But evangelists doesn't think about that. That's way down their list. You can talk, you can talk to, to an evangelist about how the ch- people in the church are really doing well. They're growing in the Lord, and they're moving in God. And he's going to ask you one question. Well, how many people are being saved? That's the incl- inclination of their heart. Is, are they, is people getting saved? I remember when we first moved out here to Mooresville, I got this friend. He's a really good evangelist. He lives in Charlotte. And we was telling him, we was excited about what God was beginning to do. And that was a, he was listening to me. He said, how many people are being saved? That's what he said there. I said, none. He said, Because the inclination of his heart was to see people saved. And see, that's we've had trouble because we've not realized these different inclinations are needed. Now, so, you can take a person, take them into a house or a greenhouse or something like that. One person's inclination in their heart is towards flowers. The other one's towards plants. The person with the inclination towards the flower is going to go look at the flower, study the flower, find out about the flower, person with the plants not even going to pay attention to the flowers. They don't care about flowers. They care about this tomato plant over here. And they're going to study that. See, whatever the inclination of your heart, your mind's going to, is going to go after it. Are y'all following that? So everybody has these different inclinations, that things that they lean towards, the things that they're interested in. God's interested in, in people in the church He's put these inclinations in all of our hearts, not just about spiritual things, okay? Let me tell you this. this is, you, got, you better get this one. You need to find out what those inclinations of your heart are, okay? And you need to pursue those things. Because when you get to heaven, and I'm going to tell you this right now, when you get to heaven, if, if you didn't go after the inclination and you went after something, in other words, well, I think it's better to be a pastor when God really called you to be a business person. There was an inclination in your heart towards business, but because you got this religious notion in your mind to be a pastor, you decide to be a pastor. When you get to heaven, there's going to be some difficulties going on because you're going to find out you missed the thing on this earth that you were created to do. Y'all, are y'all following that? that? That's really critical for us. 
we need, to, we need to ask God, number one, to reveal to us what is the inclination. Because, and then we need to, when the, He enlarges our hearts, He gives us this download of wisdom. We're going to go after that, that thing that we're inclined towards. That's the thing we're going to put our focus on. That's the thing we're going to study in our mind and get into. Are y'all following that? I mean, that's really the way God created us to live. So what we're going to do is sit around just like Albert Einstein did, and we're going to imagine. Okay, you want to you know how to do it? You're going to start imagining things. And you're going to study it. You know what I like to study? I have this, I have this one inclination. I have a couple of inclinations. I am really inclined towards the heavenly realm. I'm interested in it. I read stuff all the time about people going to heaven and visiting heaven. That's what I'm inclined towards. I'm really fascinated by that. I want to know about it. So I've been finding out stuff about it. You know, Kenneth Hagin Sr., y'all know who he was. Everybody knows he's the Word of Faith man. What people don't know about Kenneth Hagin Sr. is Kenneth Hagin Sr. has some pretty major... uh, Let me tell you about this one. I love this one. Let me just tell you. Kenneth Hagin Sr. was in love with this girl, okay? And the Lord kept telling she's not the girl for you. But he wouldn't listen to the Lord, okay? He was kept going after this girl. This was when he was younger. Finally, you know what happened to him? One night, the Lord, this sounds crazy, but <laughs> that's what I want to tell you. I love this one. The Lord said, okay. He came and got Kenneth and said, come with me. This is in the Spirit. Next thing Kenneth knows, him and, him and Jesus were sitting in the back seat of a car, with this girl and with this guy going down this country road and parking and then doing something they shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? You can imagine the rest. He sat there and witnessed the whole thing because God wanted him to make sure you ain't marrying her and this is why. She ain't the right woman for you. I'll make sure you know that. Isn't that pretty remarkable? It'd be like going to your own private X-rated movie with the Lord sitting right there beside you. <laughs> but let me tell you another thing that's really important. Our motives on this earth, our motives are really important in the sight of God. It's not just what you do, it's why you do it. Now this, is, this really will sober you. One evangelist went to heaven after he died. He died and went to heaven. It was a very strong evangelist, very powerful. had a very powerful ministry. Lots of people saved under his ministry. When he gets to heaven, his mansion, because everybody's going to have a mansion in heaven. It's being created right now. There's people working on your, your mansion. Or these people are angels. He gets to heaven, and he has a one-room apartment for his place to live for eternity. Well, he protests. To the angel. Like, come on, man. Look here. I've saved, I've led thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people to Christ. And the angel said, it's true. And let's look at this. So this angel opened this book and said, in 1967, you led 10,000 people to Christ in Nigeria. However, the reason you did that was not for the love of those souls, not that the Father sent you, but because you were trying to get in good with the president of Nigeria. And because your motive wasn't right, he didn't, and he just went down the list with him. Well, the Lord had mercy on that man and sent him back to the earth to tell people about your motives. God's really interested in our motives, very interested. I'll tell you another thing in heaven, okay? This is good. See, all this will help you if you'll open your heart up 
And quit being such a daggone jerk about stuff like that, about people going to heaven. and I ain't talking about people seeing lights at ends of tunnels. That's garbage. That's worldliness. That's demonic. All, all that stuff is foolish. I'm talking about people who love the Lord, who God takes into the heavens and reveals things to them and allows some of them to come back and reveal things to us, to help us, to help us understand. Well, here's one. There was a man who went to heaven. He was also he was a very sincere believer. He gets to heaven... And he is isolated in heaven. He is not around everybody. And he's saying, why can't I be around everybody? And the angel told him, listen, you lived your life isolated from the body of Christ. You don't know how to interact with others. Just because you came to heaven doesn't mean you got that knowledge instantly. We're going to have to teach you how to interact. and You will get to interact. We're going to bring you in. But you're going to have to learn. There are people who, on this earth today... That when they go to heaven, they are going to go up there and they're going to have a job in heaven. One of their jobs is to teach people when they get to heaven. They're going to teach them how to be... In other words, if you die, if you were an unsaved person and you died on your deathbed and went to heaven, you know nothing about the spiritual life. And when you get there, there's a person that's going to teach you that. You understand what I'm saying? Heaven is not like this blissful thing. Everything's going to automatically be different. There's, there's a process in heaven like there are on earth. That's why what we need to get is how we live our lives on this earth today is really critical for us. If you are a, if you are a bad Christian, you think everything's going to just change automatically when you get to heaven. Be, don't be a fool. They're going to get you up there and they're going to, well, listen, you hated the preaching. You hated to hear what they had to say. Guess what? <laughs> Go sit over there and this guy is going to talk to you for, you know, whenever, however. And teach you the things you need to know so you can function in heaven the way God ordained. That's just the way it is. Another thing is, you know, people poo-poo the Holy Spirit river all the time. You know one of the first things that's going to happen to you and I when we get to heaven? The river, the the river. They are going to take us and dip us in that river. And the reason they do is because, because when you die, your mind goes with you. Not this mind, but this mind goes with you. And this mind has some thoughts that are not necessarily correct. That river washes those thoughts off. Okay? Now, I'm telling you, these are real experiences. A good friend of mine, Byron, why is it when a Baptist guy goes to heaven, it's Baptist? And when a Pentecostal guy goes to heaven, it's Pentecostal. I just explained it to you. Because there's been some Baptist guys who's gone to heaven. Not that didn't come out of the way, but they came back. They came back to tell what was going on. You know, they came back to tell, but what they saw was from their Baptist perspective. It's because we have this mind that we take with us. Are y'all following this? Intelligence resides in your heart. That's the first place it resides. Intelligence. God is interested in increasing mind in your intelligence. He's interested in people in this room doing stuff. You know, developing things, uh, marketing things to help mankind. Okay? You have, this, you have something in you. You have an inclination in you. You have a thought in there that God wants to use. But most of us haven't, most of us haven't even eliminated. Think about it. Here's Einstein, wasn't even a believer, and he was willing to tap into the heavenly realm to get stuff by accident. 
And the church is full of people who reject all that. Let me read Hebrews 4.12. Are y'all okay? It says, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. First of all, that was just what I told you, that your motives count, because God knows your motives. Okay? Second of all, it just says here, your, your heart has thoughts and intentions. It says it right there in the, in the New Testament. The thoughts and intentions of your heart. It didn't say the thoughts and intention of your brain. It said your heart. Okay? If your heart is hard, did I say this already about the hard heart? If your heart is hard, it's going to infect, uh, affect your intelligence negatively. So if, you, if you're harboring bad stuff in your heart, it's going to mess your, your intelligence up. It's going to keep you from being, being able to do what God's called you to do. Okay? Now let's just face it. This thing is really important. This heart, heart mind. It affects our whole life. You know, one of the things, I'll tell you this, that God's got me on recently. How many people in here have suffered with judging other people? Now, what about the rest of you people who are lying? <laughs> Everybody does that. Everybody does that. Well, we, were watching, we were watching television one night. We were watching a Christian program, and this guy that I, I know this guy, leading worship, he's a pretty famous worship leader. I don't, I have some issues with this guy, <laughs> just from personal experience with him. And he had these things sitting up on his pen, and I really started in on him, and then the Lord started in on me. Because it made me realize the recent things that I've gone through in my life, and y'all have gone through them, it made me realize I have no right to judge anybody. No right whatsoever. I just don't have a right to do that. Because when I judge people, See, you may do it different than me. Okay? Because I was asking, well, Lord, you know, there's, this, there's people I've got to deal with, and I don't agree with what they're doing. He said, it's okay not to agree with it, but you can't judge them about it. In fact, you need to bless them and say, if that's the way God put it in your heart to do, that's great. Go for it. I'm not, I'm not better than you. I don't know better than you. I need to just bless you to do and be who you are and do it the way you feel like God's called you to do it. If you're wrong, God will speak to you, but I'm not, I don't even want to be involved in that. You know? God's speaking to you about that. In other words, God, please don't involve me with me trying to correct this person. You correct them without me. You can do that. You see what I'm saying? And see, I'm going to tell you something. Your ability is affected by your judgments. Your intelligence is affected by your judgments and your criticism gossip that stuff doesn't go over good in heaven at all and when we harbor that stuff in here it makes our heart hard instead of having a heart and God doesn't God doesn't and God can't enlarge your hard heart and wisdom can't function in a hard heart it just can't, has no place there's no room for it to flow so a lot of, uh, a lot of people are wondering why God's not giving them information you know, there was a meeting about a year and a half ago of millionaires. They were all Christian millionaires. And it was a secret meeting, okay? It was a, you know, like a meeting where they could talk freely amongst themselves and, and about, about being millionaires. And, and I think 
I forget the percentage. It was a high percentage, 70%, 80% of the, people, of the people there. These are Christians. These are believers. And these are from all streams of Christianity. Presbyterians all the way down to dang, you know, maniac Holy Ghost people. Like we want to be, okay? That's what we want to be, maniac Holy Ghost people. But they all, I think 70% got their ideal, their concept of what they were doing through a dream or a vision. And they became millionaires because God revealed something to them in a dream or a vision, and they took it and developed it. I know, I know one guy who's a millionaire who developed something that God showed him in a dream. Guy was a machinist, and so he had this inclination towards, towards designing machine parts and stuff. And God gave him a dream of a design or something. He took it, sketched it down on a piece of paper, and designed it, and made millions of dollars off of some stupid thing. Did you think anybody could do that? But nobody had done it. It was a heat sink. That a heat sink takes heat and moves it away from something that doesn't need heat. But it was a real clever one. Well, he was able to receive that. These millionaires that met, they were able to receive that. And we're, a lot of us, and, and the problem is not, it's the problem is your heart. That's what I want, want you to hear. Your problem is your heart. Your heart's got some hardness in it. It's got something harboring in there that's keeping it from connecting with the spiritual realm and getting information from heaven. So if we're going to really be the, the leaders in the earth to, to make a change in the earth and do good things that can affect people and human beings for the good through, you know, it could be spiritual, it can be natural, it could be designs, it can be any of this. Y'all understand it. I'm not talking about just some concept in a church. I'm talking about it can be whatever area of life you're in. Or maybe it's an area in life you're not in, but there's something in you that's crying out, there's this thing in you, but your heart's got this hardness on it that doesn't allow and give room for God to reveal to you stuff. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why the beauty of the spiritual realm, because it is full of life, it is full of information, it's full of stuff that God is desperately looking for for people here that can learn how to tap into it and receive it and know how and have this heart of wisdom and know how to, to, to put it to application. I think Solomon wrote 3,000 something poems. That's a lot. And all these songs. He wrote the greatest song ever. It's in the Song of Songs. Song of Psalms. the Song of Songs. I mean, he got all that from heaven, though. He didn't come up with it because he was a smart guy. His life instantly changed when he got this download of wisdom because God enlarged his heart and placed wisdom in there. And then his mind began to work on it and his intelligence began to increase. And he was able to do a lot of marvelous things. He messed up in the end, okay? Like Arthur Burt talked about it. He ended on the junk heap of life. That's what Arthur said. Golly. Any of us could end up there. You know, it's because pride got in. Uzziah was another king. Am I wearing y'all out? Uzziah was another king. It says he developed military weapons of war. He, was, he developed agricultural methods to farm. Okay, he was an architect. He built buildings. He says he built uh, irrigation system. He built canals. A king did all that. Where did he get it? He got it from the heavenly realm. God gave it to him. Oh, it's not spiritual to dig a to dig a canal, we might think. But it's real spiritual if God's given it to you. Well, here's how you dig canals. <laughs> this is the secret to canals. There's secret to canals. 
There was a secret to a peanut that George Washington carved. There was a secret to E equals MC squared that Einstein somehow got into. You know, there's a secret out there. There's things out there, and the world needs it. There is a secret to AIDS. And as much as Christians would like to just judge everybody and throw them down and say they deserve it, God is saying, somebody invent the cure. And there's some person out there that could find that secret. They would probably get wealthy. But they had done something for mankind that was, that was a blessing in the way God wants to. We've got to start thinking that way. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about leadership. That's the kind of leadership God's looking for from the body of Christ. Because He wants it. He wants to keep it in the family. He wants it to come from us, not the world. But I will tell you this. If he can't find anybody in the church, he loves people in the world. He loves the world. And he'll find somebody out there who will, who will find the answers. He may say, I'll never do anything like that. I'm just a little old. David was just a little old shepherd boy. That even his whole family thought, who? He's nothing. He's nothing. But look what he did. And we're still talking about him. All these years later, all right, I want to encourage you. There's a download of wisdom from heaven available today. There's a download of courage available for you today from heaven. God's got the mantles available for people. So, amen? So, let's just stand up, and I'm going to pray for you. I guess Andy bailed out on me, didn't he? We're going to do that song again. I want to do it. I know it's out of time, but listen. Here's two things. I know a lot of people have struggled lately, and we were doing that song. Can you put it up, Neil? You know which one I'm talking about? The Chaz. I mean, I don't know why that, that song really gets me. The Chaz. I felt like the chasm was far too wide. I didn't think I'd make it to the other side. Your love never fails. This is one great thing that's happened to me in my life. I've become a love man. I really have. Okay? I've become a love person. That's the... I, I found that out at my worst moment, my worst moment. When I was at the bottom, I found out that's what kept me, was the love. It, it, and, then I, and I thought about, you know, the Apostle Paul saying that right there, I, uh, the wind's strong, the water's deep, I'm not alone here in these open seas. He literally spent a night and day in the ocean. I can imagine him singing that song, knowing it was the love of God that was going to keep him. I'll tell you something. Wherever situation you are in your life, the love of God really is it. I'm gonna tell you something. It really is. I mean, when it, I'm telling you, when it it comes really down to it, you know, there's a time when things come down to stuff. I mean, you know, it comes down to one thing. And God, I mean, I hate to be in that place when it ha- when I have to find out what that one thing is. But it it really is the Father's love. And it keeps us. And, and many people feel like they've gotten in situations like, I don't think I can make it. I, I'm not going to make it to the other side. Have you ever felt that? And raise your hands if you ever felt that. I mean, is there not a, is there not a crushing moment in your life when you feel that? When you really are there and you say, I'm not going to make it. I'm, I'm not going to make it. I can't do this. You know, and, you, and everything in you, in you is letting go and giving up. But there's something, there's something that will grip you at that moment. And it really is love. Because love never lets go. The Bible says love never fails. A lot of things fail. I'm going to tell you something. Our prayers for the sick fail a lot. Too much, really. I would love to come to the day when everybody we pray for is 100% cured, healed right that moment. They're not. Some are not. Some die. Some get a little bit well. Some get 100% well. You know? 
but I'll tell you something, the love of God never fails. I don't, I know what I'm saying really means, if it ain't revealed to your heart, it means nothing to your mind, because it just don't, but I'll tell you something, if I could just say that's just one thing that I got in the last few weeks in my life, is I found out something about the love of God. I found out you, you can be flat, broken, and beat, and that's the thing that's going to hold you. When nobody else can hold you and nobody else can say anything to you, that'll hold you. And that'll get you through. And I'm telling you something. God never lies. If he says my love never fails, it don't fail. And I'll tell you this about love. There is nothing more powerful than love. It is the power of God. Every healing, every miracle, everything that happens that we would say, oh, that's the power of God. Yeah, but you know what the power of God is? It's the love of God. It's coming out of this love. It's powerful. I wish I could, I wish I knew how to explain it, but um, I was thinking earlier, you know, this is a terrible thought. I hate that God gives me thoughts like this. But, you know, during the Roman Empire, there was a guy named Nero. He was an evil man. He killed uh, Peter and Paul. He was responsible for their death. But you know what he would do? He was mean. He hated Christians. He would take Christians and, and somehow immerse these people in something and wrap them in some wax or something and use them as lights. He would set them on fire. And I was asking, Lord, Lord, set us on fire. And I saw this vision. It was like a garden, and I saw these huge lights, and I realized that was the light. It was those people who were being martyred, burned up by this madman, burned up by this madman. But the Lord said, you know what, though? He got his medicine because, you know, he burned. God allowed Rome to be burned on him. But God... I don't really want that, all that. I, Lord, please, Lord, don't talk to me about no martyrdom stuff. I don't want to hear about that, you know. That's just... But there's people all over the earth, all over the earth that are dying for Christ today. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The next time you wake up in the morning and things are not going your way and you want to complain, that'll, that'll cure you complaining right quick. It'll say, oh, Lord, i got a lot to be thankful for. Nobody's killing my babies. Nobody's, nobody's sticking bayonets at my babies. Somebody's, some, some babies have been thrown out of windows. Some babies, can you imagine that? Because, so we really need to, we need to, we need to say, oh God, forgive us for the way we are. Forgive us for our, our hard attitudes, Lord. Forgive us and let us see how great your love is. So, I want to encourage you. <laughs> I don't know if that was discouraging to you or not, but God is big. God is love. God wants to help people. And so um, as we're singing this song, if you are, are you, is anybody here that feel like they're at that chasm point? They just feel like this, I'm not going to make it. I'm just, I'm done. If, if you're there, we want to pray for you. And, and the only thing we can pray is the love of God to, get, to hold you and take you through it. That's, that's really important. When we can pray for people to be touched in their intelligence. Because um, God's going to increase intelligence now that He's really explaining how it works. And release you to do some stuff in the, in the world that you're supposed to do. That's all that's so much to the Lord. Lord, do it. Father, we ask you today, just bring a download of your love. Lord, if nothing else, God, in this life, if nothing else, Lord, 
we would, if we could just say, okay, you can have all this other stuff. Lord, just let us know your love. Let us experience your love, Lord. And I pray you to heal people's brokenness in their hearts, Lord. But Lord, don't heal it and let us go back and be the same. Heal us, Lord, and help us never be the same again. Lord, those people in this room who are at the bottom today and just don't know what to do, Lord, let them feel the love of God. Come on them, Lord. And those who are out there in the open sea just feel like they're just going to go under any moment. They feel like they're going to drown us. They're ready to give up, Lord. I pray somehow you would, they could give up into your arms, Lord, and know you held them up. Lord, we just pray that. And we declare that you do cause all things to work for our good. Every trial, every pain, every sorrow, every loss that people in this room are going through or have gone through, we pray today that you would cause them to work for good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you want to come up for prayer or you just, just take, a, take a minute or two just to worship on this song as we sing it. Sure. We're